0: And as I mentioned, a new study has apparently put to rest any debate as to whether or not electric vehicles are indeed cleaner than their internal combustion counterparts. Here with the details is our good friend Kenneth Bocour, host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube, and he joins us here on 640 Toronto. Kenneth, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me on.
0: Nice to have you back. Uh, first off, uh, what exactly did this new study, uh, what did it look at?
1: Well, it looked at the entire life cycle of electric vehicles comparing to internal combustion vehicles that we know and love uh, today. Basically, from the the mining of the materials for the batteries and the processing of that material to make the battery packs to the manufacturing of the automobiles themselves to ownership and then to eventually recycling those vehicles at the end of their uh, their useful life.
0: So it really looked at vehicles from cradle to grave uh, in a way, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the term. You got it.
0: And they found overwhelmingly that yes, indeed, electric vehicles are better for the environment.
1: They are, and the biggest win there is when you when you actually take own ownership of an electric vehicle and start driving it. Within about a year, a little bit more, that's when you start seeing the benefits because they are zero emission vehicles, especially full electrics, and all the the uh, CO2s and all the greenhouse gases that you're not emitting during that uh, after that first year really tend to recoup the benefits of EV ownership, even though it might take a little bit more energy and and carbon, I guess, into the atmosphere for the mining process, for the building of the automobiles themselves. It might take a little bit more labor intensity, uh, but you recoup those benefits when you start driving them for the rest of the life cycle of that vehicle, including recycling and there's actually lots of elements now popping up to be able to recycle in excess of 90 percent of the battery pack materials themselves within electric vehicles.
0: Okay, is that a big leap in technology when it comes to batteries?
1: It is. They're getting much better at being able to recycle a lot of the components. And and in fact, even OEMs, I was on a call with uh, Stellantis a couple of weeks ago where they talked about their EV day and a big part of their model for bringing EVs to market successfully and cost-effectively this decade is going to be a reliance on recycling technologies, being able to reclaim those minerals from the battery packs and reuse them into new battery packs, as an example.
0: Okay, because Kenneth, I know a big part of the debate has been about uh, batteries, but not only that, also it depends where, according to some, you actually plugged in your EV to uh, charge it up, and uh, whether or not, uh, if you were getting your electricity from, say, a coal-fired plant, whether or not that truly was better for the environment, and the study looked at that?
1: It did look at that, and it even found that in countries where they're predominantly relying on electricity produced from dirty sources like coal, the benefits of full EV or battery electric only vehicles still outweigh the, the negatives, even from coal produced electricity. Again, over the life cycle of the, the total ownership of the vehicle, if you buy an EV and use it for a couple of years, you may not see that recouping of, uh, of the advantages of driving an EV in greenhouse gas savings. But most typical users, and certainly here in Canada where we will duct tape our vehicles after eight or nine years to keep them going for another five or so, uh, we try to use our vehicles to the max. And that's where the, the benefits of having zero emissions really
0: Will technology also uh, take care of that uh, debate as well as to where you plug in your uh, EV. uh, What is the source of your electricity? Because are we getting closer and closer or eventually heading towards, you know, a day when all EVs are solar powered?
1: well that would be nice if we, if we can be uh, they can be solar powered and i certainly technology is working that way but most uh, governments and countries are moving towards much cleaner electricity generation be it from other sources especially uh, especially renewable sources like solar that you mentioned. So we are going to see that technology increase and get more efficient because it really is dependent on efficiencies for those types of technologies to get us there. But here in Canada and Ontario, if we, if we use ourselves in as an example, uh, we have no coal here. We have very clean energy. Um, the majority is produced nuclear today, but there's, still, there's a lot through wind, through solar and through hydro as well.
0: All right, and you also mentioned how long we tend to keep our vehicles and uh, EVs, they are expected, their, their life expectancy is much more just because there are uh, fewer moving parts in an electric uh, vehicle?
1: You're becoming an expert, uh, Jeff, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> much less fewer parts, you know, probably about a fifth to a tenth less of what is in, in a regular internal combustion vehicle. And those parts, like electric motors, they're, they're built like tanks, they're pretty rock solid. You can get hundreds of thousands of kilometers out of those electric motors. So when you factor the durability of those components and the less number of moving parts, uh, less maintenance, of course, it equals a lot longer life. I mean, if anything, what we find here is, is the, the bodies of the vehicles tend to start rusting and things like that because of the harsh winters and the salts and things like that that we use on the roads. But a properly maintained vehicle and the newer vehicles are much better with coatings and paints and things like that to help prevent that
0: and i also understand uh, kenneth that uh, a lot of evs tesla in particular i mean they will update your vehicle much like you would update your smartphone right i mean you plug it in and uh, you know once they've made some advancements uh, you can actually update your car your vehicle which uh, obviously with a traditional internal combustion uh, vehicle if you want to get more horsepower you want to uh, update to uh, you know more features you gotta trade your car in and get another one.
1: Absolutely correct, you know, the the term OTA, over the air updates, basically what it means, has become well known, synonymous with Tesla originally, but most of the manufacturers, if not all of them, now are doing that, specifically with EVs, because it's much easier to do. As you said, you can go in there with a software update and tweak the amount of energy in some of those algorithms and, and technologies that you use to produce the energy uh, to get the energy output from the battery to the wheels, and you can increase power at the click of a button, per se, like Tesla can do with some of their updates, and also vehicle features. Um, you know, putting cameras in cars and doing different things with cameras and and sensors to be able to give you different experiences. Um, even in my own experience with my model 3, you know having the software update every couple of months, you know I get something that's a little bit newer and sometimes it could be drastically newer when they completely change the UI. but they, they try to make the experience better and uh, that's the advantages of being able to do those software updates is you actually get a car uh, like you and I Jeff, that get better with age.
0: <laughs> well okay uh, i'll say that for you kenneth i'm not so sure the jury's still out when it comes to me uh yep. finally before i let you go i want to ask you about autonomous driving because i've seen some headlines regarding uh, tesla there where are we at when it comes to uh, autonomous vehicles
1: well, I personally still think we're a ways away from fully autonomous driving and on a couple of fronts. One is the regulatory and legislative aspect, you know, we're not ready to kind of open the kimono to have cars driving themselves all the time on the streets in all weather conditions in all areas. It's still fairly small subsets of areas where that is happening. It's in somewhat controlled environments, you know, maybe a specific route that, that a shuttle service takes or something like that, where it's mapped. Out to get full-blown you know uh, if you've seen uh, the the movie total recall the original one with Arnold where you got the Johnny Cab situation you just get in and sleep we're not close to being there yet now there are technologies that are making that uh, that goal much more uh, seem much more closer than it is and they're getting very good but you know I'm, I'm one to, to say that human behavior is extremely hard to predict and we have this built-in um, you know, just that sixth sense, right? When we might feel that something might go wrong, even though the current situation in the drive, let's say in a driving situation, there's nothing to appear out of the ordinary, but we we get that sixth sense and that's hard to put into AI and technology.
0: All right. Between autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles and space tourism, it's been quite a week. Uh, (laughs) Kenneth, appreciate it as always. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Quite welcome, Jeff. Have a great day.
0: You too, and stay well. There's Kenneth Bokur. He is the host of the EV Revolution Show, which you can find on YouTube.